Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. So, in studio right now, we're very excited to have a young lady with quite a story to tell. It is uh, the focus of a book that is now becoming a film on Lifetime called Trapped, the Alex Cooper story. Please welcome Alex Cooper. Hi. You hear the audience. They get very excited. <laughs> um, you came with with an audience that's going to try and distract you. you got three folks here. I know. I think this is a record for most guests brought by a guest. I, maybe. Maybe. It's uh, exciting. One of them will be joining us a little bit later, the director of your film. Um, so, Alex, welcome. Um, so, give people like a brief overview of, like, of what your story is and, and uh, how we got to learn who you were. Yeah. Um, briefly. Um, went to conversion therapy, got out, um, did a bunch of really cool things to overcome it. Yeah. Uh, met a lot of really amazing people along the way. Um, you were in high school mm-hmm. and uh, you met a girl um, and kind of began a relationship with her. And mm-hmm. you told your parents about it and they were really upset about it. Right. Um, talk to me about that first relationship that you had. Yeah. Um, at first, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not gay. It's just this girl. Yeah. Um, but no, definitely gay. Um, <laughs> told my parents about it, thinking this is going to be bad, but not as bad as, you know, conversion therapy. I didn't even know what conversion therapy was. Sure. Um, and you were 15. I mean, you're in your 20s now, but you were only 15 when this happened, right? right. So you you went out on a limb and said, all right, I'm just going to be honest with my parents. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, at least, I mean, according to the memoir and the book it was, or, and the film, it was just kind of, they surprised you, totally blindsided you and brought you to this house that you'd never been to before. And you just kind of got thrown into this home. And I didn't even realize that, because when I think of gay conversion therapy, a lot of times I think of bigger... Uh, establishments like, but this was like just a, a single family right. home, yeah. so that was really surprising to yeah. see that. And so, is is that there must be a lot more of that than I think? Right. That's what a, that's what a lot of people think. They think conversion therapy. Let's pass these laws. It won't happen again. Um, these are huge facilities with licensed therapists. Um, but what I went to was a member of the church. I went to their home, this couple. Um, in Utah. You lived in, in Southern Utah. California. They took you to Utah. Um, they took me to Utah, and it was um, some friends of my grandparents who went to the same church as them, mm-hmm. um, and they had been running a conversion therapy out of their home. Yeah, and there was a couple other people there with you. Do you still talk to them? Do you know what has happened to them? No, I don't. I haven't had contact with them since I left. But since you got in there, you were very, very resilient. I mean, you once it seems, at least from what I'm gathering, that once you knew what you wanted, I mean, your resilience is, is incredible. I mean, were there ever, I mean, there had to have been moments of doubt for you along the way, just thinking of all the things that you lost, though, right? I mean, and all the things that they were, all the physical abuse and emotional abuse that you were going through. How did you stay so resilient throughout that? Um, it was... It was really hard. Um, in the beginning, I thought this is really, this is so stupid. Like, I'm not going to stay here. <laughs> you guys aren't going to keep me here. You're crazy. Um, 
But after trying to escape multiple times and it just backfiring completely, um, I realized that I had to play along to get out of the situation that I was in. You were there for a total of eight months, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Eight months of a really intense living environment where they didn't even really let you like leave to go to school for a while, is that right? Right. And then eventually you kind of learned to play the game. Talk to me about what, uh, what you started to do to be able to give yourself some freedoms. Yeah, um, so to eventually go to school, I, I wasn't allowed to go to school for seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had to give in. Um, I had to agree with everything that they were saying. Um, at that point, it was a little bit easier for me to give in because I was wearing a backpack full of rocks and facing a wall. For because they wanted the backpack full of rocks was to care to have a physical manifestation of carrying the burden of being gay, right? Right. right. And you were wearing a lot of layers because it hurt you to wear them, right? Okay. Um, so at that point, I felt like I was really worn down, um, and it was yeah. easier. For yeah, me I would to... say so. Yeah, yeah. So you felt like, well, I kind of don't have a choice. Like I have to go with what they are saying because right. for my was... own safety, physically and emotionally. Yeah, there was no way I could have kept up with wearing that backpack and staring at that wall. Now, when you got out, it was also because you had met some other LDS members that were actually supportive, right? Have you since found a community of, uh, like, are you still involved with LDS? Are you surrounded with people that are a little bit more supportive of LGBT? Um, I'm definitely supported by all sorts of different people in Portland um, and in Utah and in California. I've met a really great community um, that just do everything to to support me. Um, Mormons, I have really separated myself from all religion. Yeah, Um, I don't understand that. I don't um, engage in any type of religious practices. As a kid who grew up in a very religious family, and you know, heard things that were really hurtful and scary. I can imagine. I can't imagine going through conversion therapy, but I, I definitely know that when I came out to my parents, they had all these ideas telling me that I need to be delivered and I need to be changed and all those things. Mm-hmm. And I believed them. And when they told me those things, so I can imagine going through this kind of a thing, the trauma of that. One of the things that I, I did wonder, though, uh, at the beginning of the movie, you meet a young lady. What's her name? The girlfriend that you had in high school. Um, I I don't know what her name is for the movie. Well, the, the uh, Frankie. Okay. It's Frankie. Well, Frankie. Frankie. Frankie was Frankie. her name. Um, did you ever see her again? Um, I didn't see her again. Really? No. Okay. Um, I think that was a really nice thought for the movie. Um, but I know I didn't see her again. Okay. Um. But I have been with my girlfriend for two years. There is a happy ending. Nice. Okay. Um, it's nice. not that high school sweetheart, but well. <laughs> definitely a sweetheart. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to the director of your film about bringing the story to life mm-hmm. and telling it on Lifetime. Um, it's going to be coming out on September 28th. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, more with Alex Cooper. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Okay, so we're talking with Alex Cooper about her story that is now the focus of the new movie, Trapped, the Alex Cooper story on Lifetime. September 28th is going to be premiering. And Alex, we were talking in the break, and you said that you thought it was important for people to recognize, like, they don't think about, like, the physical abuse part of, uh, of conversion therapy. And you said, but that wasn't even the most difficult part for you, right? Right. Um... So a lot of conversion therapy doesn't involve any physical abuse. Um, And I think the physical abuse was highlighted really well in 
the movie because mm-hmm. um, that was a huge part of what was going on. Um, but I think the hardest part for me was just the mental abuse and the therapy um, that they were putting me through. The physical abuse, I mean, sucked, obviously, um, and that's something that I think about, but the mental abuse was something that I think about every single day. What did that look like? Like, how did it manifest itself? What did they say to do? Um, just religiously. Um, I had grown up in the LDS church my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, I believed in it. Um, I mean, aside from being gay, I feel like I really fit into the Mormon cookie-cutter mold. Yeah. Um, and so that being used against me in therapy, um, it was just really hard. So then it came time to telling the story, and Lifetime you know, took the story on and wanted to write this film. Brought in Michelle. Uh, yes. And that's you? Yeah, that's me. Uh, talk to us about how you learned about this story and how you uh, approached writing it. Uh, well, it actually came about uh, a little bit before Lifetime got involved. So our director, Jeff Hunt, um, reached out to me. He and I had uh, worked together on a different project uh, that he had directed and that I had written for television. And he reached out having just read Alex's story and having been deeply moved by it. Um, he grew up in the Mormon church as well. Uh, and he knew that I had been Mormon for a time, and he also knew that I'm gay. So he um, <clears throat> he said that he had this book and sat down with me and said, I, I want you to read this and I want you to write this. Mm. And at the time, he didn't even have the rights to, to do the book. Um, but, uh, but he was proceeding with just faith and great intention. And so I read it in the, I, I think I read it in a night. Really? And the next day I reached out to him and I said, I'm 100% in. And then, uh, then it was a matter of um, getting the rights. And so once we had the rights, I essentially wrote it on spec. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then fortunately, by the time we were done with that, uh, we were able to get it to Lifetime. And uh, Lifetime has been great. They were phenomenal. They um, brought the project, bought the project and, uh, you know, let us move forward and so, make the film. Michelle, how often were you and Alex working together? Because you had the the Lifetime movie itself doesn't have every single thing that's in the book. Right. So how did you decide what to put in and what not to put in? And Alex, did, were you a part and a collaborator in that? Or was it you showing drafts? How did that whole process work for you guys? Uh, well, we met um, we met via um, phone with Alex originally, and then um, you know we just sort of talked about it. They had other folks who were interested in in adapting the book, and you know when Jeff and I talked to them, it was really just a matter of explaining how we saw it and what we wanted to do, and expressing our intention to be as true as possible to um, to the content of the book. Which I, I just have to say is um, that is all Alex's experience. There's you know there were uh, timelines that I had to compress just for the making of a film. And uh, as Alex mentioned earlier, in real life, the, the gal didn't come back, the girlfriend didn't come back, uh, and that was done for dramatic effect in, in the film. But all of the things that happened in there were actually things straight out of the book that happened to Alex. And there was so much more that I would have wanted to include that we just couldn't include for time. And um, Alex was great about it. We talked about it originally, and then uh, and then she just kind of, she and Joanna kind of stepped back and uh, gave us the, the freedom and space to be able to do that. And I think uh, just trusted us that we would um, that we would honor what we had promised in the beginning, which was to honor her story. Absolutely. And Alex, it must have been so nice when you when people ask that question, who would play you in a movie about your life? You actually got to answer that. <laughs> yeah. How did, did you have anything to do with 
the casting of yourself? No, I didn't. Um, Are you happy with the casting of I yourself? Am. Yeah. yeah, Addison is great. Yeah, I was saying when you guys when you walked in the studio, I immediately knew who it, who you were because I was like, she looks exactly like yeah. the actress. It's so, it's, it <laughs> exactly, was good, I was like, oh, okay, that's great. Um, okay, so I, I want to know, Michelle, for you writing this story, what do you think is the most important thing that people should know about Alex's story um, as a person who's kind of like dug into it and, and yeah. really unpacked a lot of it? Uh, I think really just that what what people will see in the film uh, that comes out on Saturday at 8 p.m. on Lifetime. Well played. I see how I did that. Um, <laughs> that uh, that that all of that stuff is real. Uh, that 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 was Alex's experience in conversion therapy, and that uh, that conversion therapy is is always some form of that. Whether uh, as Alex pointed out a moment ago, whether it involves a physical component or not, um, it's taking these young people who know who they are internally and telling them that what they know about themselves is wrong, mm. uh, that they need to repent for it or fix it, um, telling them you know uh, that that God does not love them the way they are, and and especially someone who's grown up in a religious environment to be told that God doesn't love you, even though you are also simultaneously taught that God made you, yeah. is just such a, a horrible, a horrible thing. I have to say, uh, Lifetime did a movie, I don't know how many years ago it was now, called Prayers for Bobby with Sigourney Weaver. Uh, and it was a story of a, of a young gay boy named Bobby who jumped into he jumped off an overpass into traffic um, after coming out to his family. And it, it was one of the most like moving things I'd seen for myself, and I know that so many people saw that film and saw Bobby's story and listened to his mom um, speak before you know the city council about how um, you know a child is listening. And I ended up writing a piece about it, and it, it really moved me. And so I'm excited for people to be able to see this story and to be able to see another aspect of the LGBTQ mm-hmm. experience and you know what people are going through in this country and the intersection of, of religion and uh, sexuality. Um, I think it's really important. So I'm, I'm really excited for people to get to see this story and yeah. to, to hear more about Alex, what you went through and what you, what you came through, I should say. Um, I should. Uh, I just want to quickly add to that that um, that uh, I'm I'm personally so grateful to our partners at Lifetime for um, believing in this project and taking it on because one of the one of the amazing things about being able to be on Lifetime is the fact that uh, that it's a network that's everywhere and so people who uh, may be experiencing this in their own lives or may be uncomfortable buying a ticket to a movie theater because they're afraid that they'll be seen because someone in their life is gay and maybe they don't know how to handle their child or they're thinking of conversion therapy or someone is um, knows someone who might be going to conversion therapy. This sure. is something that uh, people, we, we hope, will be able to see this story and in the privacy of their own homes start to change hearts and minds and start to raise awareness that uh, conversion therapy is out there and it is not a positive thing for the people who go through this. Um, it's it's incredibly damaging and um you know, and and we're grateful for them put, for putting it out, and also for for Alex for sharing her story because it, I can only imagine what it must have taken to be able to share this story publicly, and then further than that to allow it to be um, made into a film, and to trust Jeff and I that um, that we would honor her experience, um, and and that is really this this is going to be hopefully um, an incredible thing that will save lives, literally. Absolutely, and Alex, we're very happy that you are hap- in a happy relationship now, yeah. and. And that you're on your own and that you were pretty much emancipated, right, as a teenager? Um, no, I wasn't emancipated. Um, I 
well, you, your lawyer helped you kind of get out of the situation yeah, as a teen. Definitely. Yeah, and I'm very happy that that you're here to tell your story. We really appreciate you coming in, and I really like at the end of the movie you mentioned the Trevor Project as a resource mm-hmm. for people. My wife uh, was a volunteer there for a long time, and that's a great resource for people who are going through these uh, these circumstances. And uh, everyone, check out. Trapped the Alex Cooper story on Lifetime, September 28th at 8 p.m. Michelle and Alex, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll be right back with more Drop the Subject after this. Drop the Subject, 12 to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern, on the new Channel Q.